Hey, hey, it's Andy Anis, and welcome to another edition of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxinian family. Saxinian family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cougs for the remainder of the Houston basketball season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. A big shout out to the Saxinian family and of course our other sponsors beginning with hoop and holler the houston cougars micro collective star pizza and h-o-u-n-i-l and coming off the heels of another houston cougars victory this one a lot more difficult than a couple of the last few outings ucf give credit to them they came into the fertita center and it looked like they were on the verge of potentially teetering and there's something kelvin Sampson talked about post game a, a really pivotal play that happened in that game that that really allowed the knights to have life and allowed them to stick around in the second half they came out swinging and they were able to cut it to i mean they took the lead at one point and and it was just a kind of like a heavyweight fight from that point on both of those teams seems to they were trying to land a knockout punch, but ultimately it was the Cougars that came out victorious 71 to 65. That's numbered for Houston in both the Associated Press and USA Today's coaches polls. By the way, UConn lost too, so good news in regards to the national, national stage for the Houston Cougars. But joining me, as always, Dayon Dunlap, Chris Garner of the Houston Rombar Review. How are you guys doing today on a happy New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. Doing, doing great, yep. Ready to uh, welcome in 2023 after a Cougars win. Same, welcome. Well, same, ready to welcome in the new year, man. Onward and upward, like Chris says. Onward and upward. Thank you, Joe Mendes, for joining us on the live stream. Said good win, too close, but that's what that's the way it'll be in conference play from the better teams. Go Cougs. And on that note, UCF certainly came into this matchup as one of the top teams in the American Athletic Conference. They won their conference opener against Wichita State a few days ago, and they came in as a 10-3 and team, and they, they played like it. Again, the poise they were able to show, and really, they, they gave Houston problems in that second half when they, I believe it was a 15-4 run that they had to start that second half, something Kelvin touched on. And, I mean, they gave Houston just about everything they, they, they wanted in that second half. And, and there was just a lot of forcing turnovers on the Cougars. They were able to, to get a lot of second-chance points. But, Chris, I'm going to start with you first. What are your overall takeaways from Houston 71-65 to victory over UCF? I'm going to put on my, my old old man hat, my old school hat. <clears throat> I, I, I just don't like Jamal Shedd taking so many shots as opposed to getting the down low to the – to the front court guys uh, when they finally got the ball to Jarris Walker, excuse me, Jawan Roberts in the second half. And yeah. Jawan went to work, made things happen first with a dunk for Javier Francis and then the jump hook and then a putback layup and the fouls. I think the Cougs, it's got to mix up their offense a little bit. You know, sometimes you got to go inside and go outside, kick it outside. Jamal Shid, I think, took, he took 12 shots. He took more than Jamal Mark. And the, the, that, Hot start Jamon had in the first half. He ended up with nine shots. I don't when Jamon's rolling five for five, six for six. Mm-hmm. Keep feeding the ball. Yep. You know Jamal. Hey man, you're the head of the snake, but sometimes just because the defense is daring you to shoot doesn't mean you should shoot. So that was an, an issue, minor concern. But as Coach Sampson said after the game, the Cougs did not play their A game but they found a way to win, and that's what good teams do, find ways to win. You don't play your A game. Yeah, to piggyback off what Chris just said in reference to Jamal, yeah, I definitely think he settled for a lot of threes. Some of those are wide open, which I don't mind, but he 
he kind of took, in my opinion, at least two or three bad shots that wasn't in the rhythm of the offense and really wasn't accustomed to to what I've seen from him throughout his entire career up to this point. He, he's normally distributes the ball first, in which he, he still did that, but it was like he normally gets his – he normally – takes it upon himself to feed the hot man. That's literally what he does to get the ball to good players that are hot in their spots. And and also, I, I, I put, I'm going to put it on him. I don't think Houston played in transition enough. I think they win against UCF's defense, set defense too many times, and I think often Jamal is the catalyst to do that. And, and one time, I can't remember the score. I just remember the actual play. When UCF was up, Jamal, uh, Jamal pushed the ball and got a transition three to Marcus, in which it was a great play. I think often, and especially in the pick and roll, he wasn't attacking the defense. And like Chris saying, he, he wasn't attacking the defense to collapse the defense and whether it's drop off to a big or kick it out to um, a, a guard for an open shot. It just wasn't his normal self. Uh, he, he At least he made his free throws, and, and he was a, a beast defensively. I will give him his flowers on that. Defensively, he was a monster, disrupting the ball, disrupting the flow of the offense, got a couple steals. But offensively, like Chris said, when you got somebody going like um, Tremont, uh, there's no reason for you as a point guard, a pass force point guard like he is, to take more shots than um, him. And so uh, I definitely agree with Chris on that for sure. An interesting tidbit about this game, the Houston Cougars didn't score a, a field goal. They didn't have a field goal in almost the last five minutes of the game, four minutes and 44 seconds to be exact, but they were still able to close out with a win. So they were able to, to kind of burn down the hatches in regards to their defense towards the end. But, Chris, you mentioned Jawan Roberts and the personal 8-0 run he had in a stretch where it seemed like the two teams were just taking shots. One team had the lead and the other team would come right back down and, and hit a big shot and either tie it or take the lead for themselves. And that personal 8-0 run from Roberts, like you said, really it started with going to him in the post, being able to get those hook shots, and then he was just doing what he does best, being able to clean up the glass, and then he got fouled on top of that. That created the necessary separation that ultimately won the Houston Cougars the game, and, and that was the key pivotal point in the contest because like I said it, it gave Houston that separation and here's what head coach Calvin Sampson had to say about Juwan Roberts and overall about their victory over UCF well that's why we went to him you know um, Central Florida is you know one of the top defensive teams in the nation I think they're in the um, efficient rate or top 30 that means you're elite you're top 30 you're elite so you know you know there's a reason why that team is um Who's that? Who is it? They beat. Who did they say? Uh, Florida State, Florida State, Oklahoma State, and somebody else. Miami. Yeah. And, um, I, like their, I think there was Miami. But it's a good team. Um, um, they were they were clogging our uh, pick and roll lanes, and our guards weren't being as aggressive attacking their big guys as we'd like. That's something we got to continue to work on. Um, and then we missed a number of shots, layups, shots, you know, runners, runners that, that can separate us. Um, I think we're up 13 and forced them into a bad shot, and they get four points out of it. You know, it was one of those, if you get a stop there and chance to get, got it going, the crowd scoring at 13, got a chance to go up 15. You don't know what 15 does versus nine. 
that's a, that was a six-point play, and that gave them life. You know, uh, when you're on the road, you need life. It's like being down nine nothing in Virginia. You know, somebody needs to play against some life. Uh, that's a good team. It's a uh, veteran team, older team, um, and they're they're good. You you can see why they were ten and three, and and um, playing as well as they they're, they're playing. That's um, Chinese got Chinese got a good team. But I was proud of our our guys. We may not have had our our uh, fastball uh, today, but we found a way to win, and that's what's important: is finding a way to win when maybe you don't have your best stuff. Um, Reggie's, Reggie was struggling with his, I don't know if you guys noticed that little belt he has on during games. He's struggling with his lower back. Um, you know, Reggie's a little bit of an older player. He's, he's, you know, we came back Christmas night and had a really tough workout. So our, our kids were here from 4 to about uh, 11 o'clock Christmas night. And it was a long day for him. And then uh, 26, uh, long hard practice. And we left the 27th, played the 28th, and then we got back 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Then uh, practice 29th, 30th, 31st. This, this, has been, this has been a tough stretch. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all about uh, giving credit to uh, Central Florida, too. You know, we, we played a lot of good teams this year. Um, they played as well against us today as anybody's played against us. It's not about who they've beaten or who they haven't beaten or who we play. I'm talking about today. Uh, Johnny had his t kids ready to play. Uh, they played hard. They were physical. Um, we got up 13 and had a chance to push it and gave them some life. And I guess I was most disappointed with our uh, – Two different attitudes. There's the right attitude and the three different attitudes. Right attitude, bad attitude, and wrong attitude. We had the wrong attitude coming out of halftime, and um, I think over a period there, we outscored we outscored them. I think by 17 at one point, then they outscored us by 15 at one point, or 14, whatever that was. But they're good enough to do that. But uh, coming out of start the game, we were really good to start the game today. You know, right now I feel like I'm in a boat with holes in it. I get one hole plugged up, it comes another hole. So, got to, uh, better, I got to go get a, uh, about two and a half months worth of Gorilla Glue. And that was head coach Kelvin Sampson always has a, a way with analogies and examples that he can use. But I want to focus in, and I'm going to tease it because we also have to go to commercial break. But first he touched on kind of a pivotal play in that first half when Houston was up technically at the time I was, they were up 13, but it later a Tremont Mark shot later got changed to three points. So technically they were up 14 and there was a three point foul by Jarvis Walker. So we will touch into that kind of how that gave UCF momentum and more on the other side, but First and foremost, we'd like to remind you guys that you are watching and are listening to Let's Rage Coop presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Coop throughout the Houston men's basketball season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. 
And we'd also like to give a shout out to our other sponsors, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind those star pizza commercials, especially that the one that sticks out to mind, the Sac Ave commercial with the Anthony Jones with the pizzas flying all over the sky. And they're promoting Star Pizza. Star Pizza, another one of the sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. We're in multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net not only can you see their menu their different locations across the area as well as ways to contact them but you can even order online so you can just stop by their stores and be ready to pick up a pizza because after a game like today i don't know about you guys but that's 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 a game that'll make you hungry just from watching so be sure to stop by our guys at star pizza and last but not least we also want to give a shout out to h-o-u-n-i-l h-o-u-n-i-l.com it's a subscription-based name image and likeness model that benefits both cougar student athletes and fans H-R-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. With the, what the players need is for you to subscribe, and plans start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national sta- stage. Subscribe at H-R-U-N-I-L.com, and as always, go Cougs. So, like I said, on the other side of the break, previously that huge momentum play, and it was happened. It happened towards the middle of the first half, when again, like I said, Houston was up by about 13 at that point. I think it later got changed to a 14 point play. Jarvis Walker on the closeout fouled the uh, shooter, and it, it not only did the guard CJ Kelly hit the basket for UCF, but he got fouled on top of that and he had a chance to potentially get a four-point play now. He wasn't able to convert on the free throw, but still, that Kelvin said, that's kind of a lifeline for UCF to end the half day. They were only down eight going into the break, and then, like I mentioned at the top of the show, they were able to rally to start the second half, not only get right back into the game, but give the Houston Cougars a scare and I mean, I'll toss it over to whoever wants to take it first. That was a big momentum play early on in the first half after really it had been a, a, a strong performance by Tremont Mark that had really helped carry them to that 14-point advantage at that point. It cooled the momentum for the Cougs. And once again, it's Jarrett's following a jump shooter, following a three-point shooter. He's got to slow down his aggression. You're not going to, you know, block jump shots most times. But closeouts, hand-ups enough, he walked right into that jump shooter, you know, C.J. Kelly, you know. And right after that foul, Coach Sam took him out because the momentum for Houston died right there because it was frustrating. You could kind of feel it from Coach Sampson, the teammates, players, players, fans. Why, Jairus? Why? You know, that kind of thing. So, And plus, he struggled. That was the second foul as well. So it took him out for the rest of the first half. He did not have a good game overall. He was just once again uncomfortable. He had some flashes of aggression in the second half, but then he missed some layups. He just was off today. But the Cougs found a way to win, and that's the bottom line. And that thing about uh, do I think do we think Jarris is in jeopardy of being replaced in the starting lineup? No, <laughs> not at all. Not going to happen. 
Yeah, not a chance. Just picking back on off on Jared. I mean, Jarius, excuse me. I, I think for me, he was watching the game. He was indecisive. And his best games that he had this year, he was decisive with making the decisions, whether it was to shoot, whether it was to drive, whether it was to make a play for someone. And tonight had a couple wide open jump shots he could have taken, just indecisive, maybe drove the basketball and ended up turning the ball over and stuff like that. And so I, I think with him, as he just continues to develop and play the game, continues to get more experience playing the game of basketball, those things will continue to come. I just saw a clip on Twitter where he was getting some advice from Akeem Olajuwon, and I, I was thinking during the game because I remember players like Dwight Howard going to Akeem and getting some one-on-one um, instruments from, from the dream, one of the best to ever do it on the post. And even in the, the high post area in isolations, and Jarius has some of that athletic ability to be able to do some of the things that the dream does. But for Jarius, I think it's just being more decisive and, and more aggressive in whatever he's going to do instead of second guessing himself. But um, he's thinking too much. Yeah. 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 And you can see it every now and then whenever he gets an open shot. It's kind of like it's that split second. Should I shoot? Should I drive? Should I pass? Mm -hmm. And that's something that as the season continues to progress, Chris and, and Dan, I'm curious to get your thoughts. But if once he gets to the point that that's not there's not that hesitation, he's going to be a much more not only aggressive player, but it's going to unlock a whole new layer to the Houston Cougars' offense. Yep, and and I I think we're assuming this, and because he is a freshman, the game is is still too fast for him. It's just flying by him. He's trying to do so many things, you know. Whereas we talked we talked on on the previous show, Jamal Mark mentioned. The game is slowing down for him. I'd be shocked if Jairus feels the same way because it just seems to be too fast for him too often thus far this season. That's okay. He's a freshman. and may be highly tied a freshman, but he's still a freshman. So once the game slows down for him, sky's the limit. Yeah, going back to the other four, J1 in the run that he had, he did a great job today of not having to get all the way inside. I, I love the mid-range, not mid-range, but kind of in the post hook yeah, shot. Hook post. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. hook shot. Dude, I seen him working on it in practice, and often he tries to back it down all the way and drop step and get to his left hand. This time he just took what they gave him. Um, and took that hook shot with enough room. And so he had a great game as far as the energy and, and getting Houston the momentum back on Houston's side and got to give Cole Sampson his flowers on drawing up to get the ball back to him and um, him making the plays when his number was called. But I really would have liked to see Tremont get more to touch the ball more in the second half. I think he could have really had a bigger impact in the game, but he definitely carried the load in the first half. And some of it was credit to UCF, like Calvin said yeah. in that clip. Now something that, Calvin said the Knights did a good job of doing against Houston as they were clogging up their pick and roll lanes and the guards weren't being as aggressive attacking them. And that's something that they need to work on. Calvin said in that clip. So it'll be interesting to see. And like you going back to what you mentioned, Chris, in regards to Jamal Shedd, and you could see it in stretches where UCF, they, they would close out hard on Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark on their rotations. And then on Jamal Shedd, I wouldn't say they would, they would dare him to shoot, but that, that was their game plan. That was the shot that they were going to give up against the Houston Cougars in today's outing. And it was something that toward the second half, the Houston Cougars had to figure it out. And until Juwan Robertson, credit to Javier Francis, too, because I mean, this is a completely tangent I'm going, but he had a really nice move in the first half where he had a turnaround 
jumper. You're talking about yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon. That was Hakeem Olajuwon esque yeah. in the first half. But I think that's something that against UCF, something that we we saw it um, going back to Alabama that teams and this UCF team was really lengthy and and they did a great job, especially in the second half, at being able to really kind of beat the Cougars, especially early on in the second half at their own game in regards to getting offensive rebounding, uh, offensive rebounds and getting second chance points. And Michael Doerr played a USF. Okay, he's been been around forever. You know, he's a graduate senior. (laughs) He's a good man. Uh, He gave problems before in his career in AAC. And I think when you faced Houston multiple times, you get a better idea of how to how they play. You mm-hmm. get more used to their physicality. You know what works for them, what works for you. The trap. So all those things. If you see it a few times, and it goes to anybody. The, the more you play a team, you get used some of their tendencies and how to react to it and how to defend it, how to counter it. Those kind of things. So I think UCF has that. And this is a conference, you know, conference matchup compared to, to Tulsa, a new coach. A lot of new players mm-hmm. facing the Cougs for the first time. You can talk about it. You can go over it in film room all day long. But until you experience it live, it is completely different. UCF, a lot of these guys are like they're used to it. They were. But going back to the point that Andy was uh, making about uh, JBL, he had um, a, a good game, and he really is a difference maker anytime he's on the floor. His length, his activity, his relentlessness to just go after shots, go after rebounds. And I, I love his offense. Every time I watch him, I learn more and more about his game and what he's capable of offensively because that turnaround jump shot, that uh, kind of fadeaway that Andy referenced, I didn't know he had that in his game. And yeah. I, yeah. For me, watching him, I, I just—it's it, going to be hard to keep him off the floor, especially when they face bigger teams and teams with um, that can rebound and play de- de- uh, defend as good as Houston. I think he, he's a player that's going to get more and more minutes. This is his first game that I've saw this season that he actually closed the game out. He was in the game during those um, then the winning time, what I call crunch time, and yeah. that was important and a good experience for him. His, but his, his length, his activity, that kid really, really, really has a bright future, man. I think he really, really does. Agreed. And there was, I think, Jawan missed a shot on the left side. JB, mm-hmm. he went after the basketball. He got yeah. it. Yeah. And got it. And you just really can't teach that. It's instinctual, long arms, athleticism, all those things. But he went and got that rebound and got mm-hmm. fou- and made the free throws. Yep. So if he can make free throws consistently – 70% and up, it just adds another part to his bag. Because if you can't foul him, then what are you going to do? How are you going to defend? How are you going to keep him off the glass? How are you going to stop him from scoring? So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a positive for him in his growth and development for the Cougs going forward. And a lot of these yeah, open you. shots that Jamal – sorry to cut you off, Andy – that Jamal got, I think that's the way the teams are going to, going to guard him because he, he's so electric and – as far as blowing by defenders, got a great crossover, can make the mid-range. If he settles for threes, although they're wide open, I think he lets the defense off the hook. He can make threes. He's shown he's capable of making threes, so I'm not going to say um, those wide open ones are bad shots, but some of those I think he should pass up only just to just to keep the ball moving. And he has such a great IQ. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm nitpicking because this is probably the first game that I've seen him play like this. And so – but um, I, I, he shouldn't settle for as many threes as he did today. I mean, but, you know, nitpicking is part of what we do on the show. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, because you know, obviously we're not coaches or anything like that. But and the the Cougs still won. But Jamal, this was not his best game. Yeah. Just, let's say it, say it like that. You know, I, I think he did settle for too many outside shots. Whereas instead of penetrating or just resetting offense and mm-hmm. moving the ball, the ball stuck. It was too slow. We talked about it a lot of times in these shows when the Cougs slowed down in the half court. Just play slow. Period. That's to the other team advantage sometimes because they're going against a half court set defense. You play fast and don't allow a team to set up their defense. It's easy to score. Absolutely. What I was going to say just in terms of Francis going back to Francis, like you mentioned, Dayon, he got a lot of minutes down during crunch time when it was time for Houston to win. He played 11 minutes over on the second half and. Chris, to your point, in regards to his free throws, he went three or four from the free throw line, which, like you said, that's huge. If he can have that error consistently from the free throw line, it's going to be really hard to stop him. And I think the most exciting thing from a Houston Cougars perspective is something that Kelvin said overall. Technically, the sophomore, Kelvin calls him a freshman just in terms of playing time experience, not being able to get much a season ago. So really, the sky is the limit when it comes to Javier Francis and really the, the potential that he has going forward. Don't go anywhere on the other side of this break. We'll hear what Marcus Sasser and Jermon Mark had to say post-game against Central Florida. But I'd like to remind everyone that they are watching and or listening to Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family. The Saxinian family is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Coops for the remainder of the regular season for the basketball team as well as into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. And also, we'd like to shout out our other sponsors beginning with H-O-U-N-I-L. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over U of H, where NIL is still in its infancy. But you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, videos, podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. And players are compensated for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives. Plans start at just $20 a month, and that money helps the Cougars retain the players to stay at the top in basketball and help build momentum in football, HOUNIL.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from the Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. And speaking on the topic of name, image, and likeness, we also would like to shout out the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, Hoop and Hauler Houston, the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials with the likes of DeAnthony Jones. They had the big Hawk commercial, and coming soon they'll have a men's basketball commercial in the near future promoting Star Pizza, who is our third and final sponsor for this edition of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Sex Indian Family. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to check them out online at starpizza.net with multiple multiple locations across the Houston area. Not only can you order online at starpizza.net, but you can check out their menus and also check out the directions to their locations. And on that note, I'll send it over to Marcus Sasser, Mom Mark, and a little bit of Kelvin, what they had to say following Houston 71 to 65 victory over the UCF Knights. I felt good. You know, it was just had momentum. I was rolling with the first Marcus, do you feel that um, that experience you guys were able to get um, specifically in games in the past by Alabama that helped you guys tonight being able to, or today, being able to play against UCF down the stretch? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just 
really going through adversity, you know, um, a lot of lead changes. They had a lot of momentum when they took the lead and stuff like that. So just really us not getting too down and just staying on the course and just fighting and really just trying to win every position and then come back and come out with the win. Uh, for Marcus Antramon, uh, crowd seemed to really get into it there down the stretch. Just you know, how much of a boost does it give you guys when the Fortuna Center's rocking like that? Uh, they just give us a big boost, really. Um, I feel like they always a big reason, you know, especially against good teams and good games like this. Um, they just give us that extra, you know, energy when we need it. Good games like that, laying the, laying the high, you know, we're already fired up, so you know, we got the crowd with us too, just as to our fire, I think. Yeah, shout out to the crowd. Yeah, today they were uh, they were awesome. That's what that's what we see all the time. We saw that in Tulsa the other night. We saw that in Virginia. We saw it over in Oregon. Uh, where we go, we see that. So it's uh, it's nice to be able to come home and have the other team experience what we experience. So uh, really proud of our fans today. Tremont, speaking of fired up, did that. Sequence there in the first half, sort of light of fire for you. Uh, I would say it did, yeah. Especially seeing how they were playing, playing me and the whole team. They came out really physical, so you know we had to come out just as physical as them, if not more. So it, it was good in the first half. Once again, you got to hear from Marcus Sasser, Tremont Mark, a little bit of Kelvin as well, just. Something that Calvin Sampson likes to say a lot throughout the course of the season is that he doesn't ever use periods with his team. He likes to use commas because his team is always improving as the year goes along. And I think that's something that's interesting when you heard Marcus Sasser from that soundbite. Oh, calling a little bit on that experience that they had. And obviously they've had multiple tough outings, but specifically in the Alabama game where it was a little bit similar, especially in regards to the rally the UCF was able to do in the second half. And this time they stayed much more poised against the Knights and they were able to close the deal tonight. Agreed. And, you know, you the, the team learns from previous games. What is, what is the new phrase? One of Coach Sampson's new for, uh, catchphrases this year, the W's and L's? What is Wisdom it? and lessons. Wisdom and lessons, yeah. So if you don't learn from a loss, then what's the point? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and n- none of these teams will go undefeated. But yeah. I think there's two left now. And New Mexico, the last I saw was losing last I saw in the first half. So it could be just one, Purdue. Mm-hmm. Purdue's going to lose in the Big Ten. So you've got to learn as you go. And there's no shame in losing to a good Alabama team. So they use some of that down the stretch. I was glad to see uh, Juwan Roberts step up down the stretch with the mid-post jump hooks. It's good to see the Cougs make free throws down the stretch. We're going to touch on Let's Let's talk about this. Coach Sampson went with his vets. He did yeah. not play Emmanuel Sharp a lot. Um, he didn't play Terrence Arsenal at all. And I'm going to put this out there because I get it. Qu- ask about it. Will Terrence Arsenal transfer? Will he do this because he doesn't play one or two games? Folks, who's go- whose minutes he going to take right, right now on this team? He's not playing better than Emmanuel Sharp. He's not playing better than Jamal Mark. <laughs> He's not playing better than Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd. So when would he play if Coach Sam says, okay, I'm going eight guys today? That won't be Terrence Arsenal. So if Terrence Arsenal is getting, you know, outside advice, suggestions from hangers-on or whatever, you know what the Cougs would do? 
replace it and move on to somebody else. Because this is about the program. I'm not saying Terrence is going to leave, but folks, just because they're going to play one game, lighten up. Who's at what, 16 more conference games ago? Yeah. Three more tournament games in the conference championship and hopefully six more in the NTA tournament. He has plenty of time <laughs> to shine this season. And if he comes back next season, relax. Yeah, we got an exclusive interview on our um, Pod Slam Pajama YouTube account from Terrence, and he referenced the trust that he has in the coaching staff. So it's it's common I, that people ask those questions in the um, nowadays because people transfer. But I, I like Chris, I don't see him going anywhere because I think he fully has trust in the coaching staff. He's seen what they development, what they were able to do with Quentin Grimes. He's seen what he didn't see it firsthand, but he's seen it from afar. And he, he, I think he has trust that that Coach Sampson and the entire staff not only is doing what's best for the team, but also has his best interest in regards to his future and, could, and can, continue, can continue to develop him to get him to that next stage and where he wants to be ultimately playing professionally. But one person we haven't talked about today is Marcus Sasser. I think in the second half, when things were starting to go away, he did a good job um, of making shots. Um he, he hunted shots and also did a good job of getting in the paint. I think that's one thing um, that I've been very proud of throughout this entire season and his development is when his three isn't falling. Um, although he made some threes today, but early on it, it wasn't really falling, and he did a good job of getting into the paint, shooting mid-range, and missed a couple of bunnies, a couple of floaters, but he did a good job of just keeping the defense honest with his the threat of him scoring and him scoring. He finished with 18 points, so um, he had a good game as well. Helped closing out the game. Yep. Yeah, Real quickly, Chris, uh, before we we uh, segue to to Sasser, just going back to your point about Terrence Arsenal. If you ask yeah. Calvin Sampson, the the first thing that he no, you're good. The first thing that he's gonna say is that he's a freshman. And down to your point in regards to that interview with with Terrence Arsenal, like you said, there is or that relationship there with the coaching staff specifically, you know, top to bottom, obviously with all the coaches, but Coach Kellen and the vision that they've. Fell, uh, sold him on how they're going to improve him as a player. And at the end of the day, one of the things that Arsenal did say from that interview is that one of the biggest lessons that he's learned while he's at Houston is it's okay to fail. Now, he hasn't failed by any stretch of the imagination because he's a freshman. And like you said, Chris, right now, right now it's Emmanuel Sharp. You know, come two weeks from now, it could be Terrence Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And one of the other players that we haven't even touched on is Ramon Walker as well. So it's a constant process. And like you said, Dayon, where he has Quentin Grimes to be able to see from a, a distance with how they were able to develop him. I mean, they don't even have to just look on the roster. Jamal Shedd, his freshman season, didn't get yeah. a lot of playing time behind Dejan, Jerome, Sasser, and Quentin as well. So something Kelvin said throughout the season already this year is, you know, everyone wastes their turn at the program. And it's just about constantly being patient and, and really having that trust in the coaching staff, which at least from an outside perspective, it looks like Arsenal does have that with the coaching staff here at Houston. Yeah. You know, and un, un, until, cause I don't believe he's going to leave early, but until he does, I'm like, let's not talk about it. Why are we even putting it out there in the universe? Right. Okay. This is his role on this team. How many of us expected him to get a lot of minutes consistently on this year's team anyway behind the guards and wings that the Cougs have? Barring injuries, if Shed, Sasser, Tremont Mark were healthy, mainly Sharp has been here a year, 
we're not going to expect Terrence to get a lot of minutes ahead of those four guys, game in, game out. So let's pump the brakes here a, a little bit. And this team is the second, could be the second rec, ranked team coming out on Monday's polls. And we're worried about, we're talking about <laughs> folks transferring. <laughs> you know, people, relax. Yeah. One thing I want to say, my only issue with Marcus today was he showed his frustration with not getting foul calls from the refs a little bit too much. Hey, Marcus, sometimes refs not, not going to give you calls. So toward the end, the second half, because he got hit a few times. We, we, I mean, we all saw it. Ref didn't call it. Play on. Yeah. That happens sometimes. And you're, you're a star player. You're not going to get calls a lot all the time. Mm-hmm. Play through it. Just overcome it and don't force it. He didn't force shots or anything like that, but sometimes when he made a drive, contact, no call, Marcus is like, where's my foul? Get out of the floor. <laughs> you know? Then he finally got called down the stretch in those last two minutes. Yeah, back to the point of Terrence. One thing I think that Coach Sampson did this season, and he always does, he lets players define their roles. Because if you think about it, to start the season, Ramon was the first guard coming off the bench. Then it was Terrence coming off the bench, and his play, I don't want to say it declined, it was up and down, but it was a stretch of games where he didn't have his best games. And then Coach Sampson, do what he does, makes a change for the betterment of the team. And um, Emmanuel Sharp is playing better and giving the team what they need, and which is shooting off the bench. But you see a couple of games ago where Emmanuel Sharp got in foul trouble, Terrence got his minutes. And so it's a game-to-game basis. Coach Sampson, I think, gains that trust about letting players know if you play well, you will play. And if you're scoring well, we're going to feed you. And so I think just going back to that point, I think Terrence is in great hands. I definitely don't want to see him go. I want to see his development because I think in a starting role, in a different role versus just coming off the bench, looking for sc- needing scoring, I think he can really, really flourish. So, yeah, let's, let's be patient. And Justin Singleton has, has a great <laughs> question slash comment, but it, it does happen. You know, why would a player want to transfer from a top five team, from a top five program? Because – the Houston Cougars men's basketball program is a top five, top 10 program consistently now. Yeah. And they're going to the big 12. <laughs> so Terrence Arsenal, if he leaves, I don't believe he's going to, he can shine next year in the big 12. And then can you imagine how much hype he'd get for draft mm-hmm. for 24? Mm-hmm. If he shines in the big 12, Slow down, folks. And by the way, UCF, this win for the Cougs is a good quad two win because it's a home victory for the Cougs over a good UCF night team who I hope more te- more people outside of the conference recognize, recognize how good UCF is. Yeah, yeah we were talking off Rich. Yeah, if, if they continue to play like how they did against Houston and read something about the the – net rankings that changes throughout the course of the season. They're, they're updated every day, so they could potentially continue to move up the net rankings. But if they bring out the attention that they did against Houston today, they could very well climb up the rankings. And the good thing about this conference schedule, there's a couple things we want to touch on in regards to this game and, and schedule and how it was um, scheduled on, on the, the broadcast. Oh, yeah. But Houston and UCF, they will, they will play again <laughs> later this season, January 25th. A road game in Orlando, a Wednesday night road game in Orlando. So that's going to be a very, very exciting and really looking forward to that rematch. Also on ESPN come a month Plus. from now. Hmm. Well, you look at that. But mm. before we get into that, I do want to give uh, 
final segue in terms of our ads. Once again, you are watching and are listening to Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family, who's the primary sponsor for LRC, Let's Rage Cooks, for the remainder of the regular season and into the AAC postseason tournament come March. And also our other sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cooks, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, who is also another sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Be sure to follow them on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also check them out online at starpizza.net with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And also H-O-U-N-I-L.com, which is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Rules, athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe and plan start at just $20 a month. And that money goes to the UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at HRUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. And we mentioned it before the break. Yes, Houston UCF Saturday afternoon game on 1 p.m. slots on New Year's Eve, and that conf- the conference put it on ESPN Plus. Which, I mean, for those of the people that do have ESPN Plus, they saw one heck of a game. But for those that do not, they really missed out. Which arguably could could be one of the best games that the Houston Cougars play in conference for the rest of the season. And the second game matchup will also be <laughs> on ESPN Plus. In January, mm-hmm. Andy, are you hinting at something here? Are you no. hinting that the conference could have put two uh, soon-to-be Big 12 teams on ESPN Plus? Is that what you're saying, Andy? They should certainly didn't do them any favors in regards to scheduling. Now, I guess that if you do want to look at it from uh, unbiased perspective, Cincinnati, which is going to be the other team that heads to the Big 12, they put those games on ESPN, the first one, which is – it's coming a week from tomorrow, January 8th, at Cincinnati. That'll be on ESPN. And then to end the month, January 28th, which would be a Saturday uh, against Cincinnati again from the Fertitta Center. That'll be on CBS Sports. So maybe, maybe give and take right there. But in regards to UCF particular, and that's a great point by King Jaja that the conference doubted UCF. But I think that is that is a big part to do it, with it too, that the Knights coming into the season, you know, they weren't expected to be towards the top of the conference and that probably has that probably has a bigger role in this game being on ESPN plus I would say it could be well I think from conference perspective they wanted to get matchups it's just gonna get folks to get ESPN plus so that's part of it as well from a business perspective but if you saw basketball you see Taylor Hendricks freshman for UCF very talented player Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so (laughs) UCF with what they had coming back veterans Coach Dawkins has built them into a stable program. One of these two matchups should have been on ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPNU. One of the two. Not both of them on ESPN+. Plus. That's my opinion. Yeah. But, hey, next season, both the teams will be in the Big 12. <laughs> It'll be a moot point then. So. It was actually, I was between a couple games and some Big 12 games was on ESPN+. Plus. Baylor, Iowa State, yep. TCU, and Texas Tech was on. And, and so, like you said, I think it's some business going into that as well. And the Big 12, and we're going to see this as media and fans will as well. 
the Big 12 now on ESPN Plus is marketed much, much better than the American channel on ESPN Plus. On that note, as we start to wind things down on New Year's Eve, Chris, you're going to be a busy man this this evening tonight because you just have to drive down the road to the Toyota Center in a few minutes. But once again, the final score here from the Fertitta Center, the Houston Cougars, number three, Houston, both the Associated Press and USA Today's coaches poll eke out a 71-65 victory over the UCF Knights. Now, we've talked top to bottom down the line from on Mark in regards to the, the first half that he had. And really, well, it, it was ignited from that flagrant foul that was committed in the first half. And it, it just seemed like from that point on, they, they messed with the wrong Cougar. And, and he really lit him up just in regards to he had the two free throws from the flagrant. He hit a three-pointer. He hit back-to-back three-pointers after it was changed uh, from that corner, the corner shot that they had initially ruled a two-pointer. Now, this is something I know we talked about from on Mark earlier in the show, but in particular to, to that flash that we had in the first half from Mark, I think that's something, and, and Dan, I know you'll comment more on this just in terms of what you, what he was able to do out of high school in Dickinson, but I think we, we got to see, especially from Mark, his personality, you don't usually, he's much more laid back overall, but I think he showed a bit of that alpha in, in him after that flagrant against UCF. They messed with the wrong guy, and, and he got it going after that, and he was doing it too. He, he gave a really, really good pass to Javier Francis for, for a slam dunk after that. He showed it after that, and he also showed it on the defensive end where he caused the travel. And so he yeah. was very, very into the game. After the game, the broadcast team, was well, shout-out to Matt Peterson and Adam Wexler. I know both of those guys really well. They did a great job calling the game. And he said to them – that, that moment really, really made him want to get after UCF even more. But, and you know how high I am on Tremont Mark. I went out and said before Jairus got to the team that he would be their next lottery pick. And um, I still think he has a couple more years, but he only shown a glimpse of what he can do. And as he continues to develop, learn the game, and just get that experience. We're going to see a lot more games like this. And just imagine, he didn't even really touch the ball in the second half. And so when he's the featured player and he has even more green light, an even more um, door to really, really um, make more plays, we're going to really, really see a lot of Tremont Mark and see him um, make a, a lot of, a lot of plays, not only scoring, but playmaking, I think defensively rebounding. He was going after some rebounds coming out of nowhere, just yeah. skying for rebounds. Yeah. And so his energy, they, they really, really messed with the wrong one today. And that dog, like Andy just mentioned, really came out of him. And so I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. I think his personality is coming out and he's still young. He's still finding himself even as yeah. a basketball player. So I, I love everything I've seen from Tremont. I'm one of his biggest fans, man, for sure. Chris, before I toss it over to you, I guess technically something that Kelvin said, tra- training camp, heading into the season, that this is really, really the third semester of Tremont Mark. He had his two freshman semesters, and then really last year it was, it was just dealing with that labrum, and after talking to John Houston, it's something that he actually suffered that injury going back to the year they made the Final Four in 2020-21, and it's something that he dealt with throughout that whole offseason. They tried to rehab it. And he, he had torn his labrum back then, and they thought that through rehab he wouldn't necessarily need surgery. But after really the kind of final nail on the coffin came against Alabama a season ago, and that, that really made it to where he needed to have surgery and it shut them down. And, Chris, that's something that we mentioned a year ago before they played any games and we got to see them in shooting. We could tell that his shot was a, was different. 
It was mm-hmm. completely different from the way it looked his freshman season. I think now that officially December 31st, 2022, it's officially the end of his third semester playing for the Houston Cougars. And like you mentioned, going back to after the Tulsa, where the game's starting to slow down, it's just a continuing process with it in, in terms of his evolution as a player. And we could potentially start to see him starting to do this more often and more consistent, which, again, has kind of been the, the phrase of today's show. But it just adds another layer to the Houston Cougars. Agreed, and that's why I was, I guess, say I was disappointed that he didn't get more shots when he had a roll in the first half. Just keep feeding, feeding him the ball. So that's, you know, a, a negative take on it in that first half. But the Cougs found ways to win. You can see the potential, the overall game that Tremont has, getting buckets, yeah. the passing skills that he also has. He's gotten better on defense, rebounding. He saw the full bag for Jamal yeah. Mark, and he's going to get better. As the game continues slowing down for him, I think he'll continue to get better. And then you just you see that happen for the other younger guys, like Jarris, Emmanuel Sharp. Those guys, once the game starts slowing down for them, they'll continue to get better. So this season is about getting better month to month. We've been around the program long enough. We start talking about Coach Sampson. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, 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 it's true. It's true we want the team to get better November mm-hmm. to December, December to January, January to February, February to March. You want that progression of improvement. And, and they're still, what, 14-1? and one? So if they continue to get better, come tournament time, they're playing the best basketball. I think Sherman is moving up on the opposing team scouting report more and more. Because um, I think, of course, up top you probably have Marcus and probably Jamal or maybe even Jarris um, on a team scouting report. Because with those guys bringing and add to the team, it is um, <clears throat> it's paramount to the success. And so I think with the success that he's having, he's moving up to um, the scouting report on, D, on on team is on how to guard him. Because when he has it going along with the, the, the other ones, and really him and Marcus are the only two players to kind of shot the ball well, and Jay Wan, excuse me, Jay Wan as well, but everyone else kind of struggled a little bit shooting the ball. But when he has it going and others can play off of him and get it going, Houston is going to be tough, man. So I would say, what what option would you guys say Tremont is right now? I would say I Marcus go, I'll go two. Word. I think he's number two. I, uh, number two it, behind Marks on a scouting report on a given day. On a given day, uh, it goes between Jamal and, and Jamal, two depending yeah. on the personnel of the other team, mm-hmm. two or three. Yeah, I agree. But if he continues to stack up performance today, because Chris, like both of you guys mentioned, just in terms of what he can do, he really seems like he's much more comfortable being able to shoot a three point ball. And in, in particular, that corner three point stride has been one that, that's always been his kind of go to outside shot. And then obviously his signature is his pull up mid range jumper. And, and he's been able, he showed it. In, during his freshman season, his ability to attack the basket. And again, progression, if he can begin to be a consistent playmaker, and he's got the length to be a great defender. He's another one of the players that the sky's the limit for Mark. Now, did want to mention one more comment from King Jaja. I appreciate this team because it is hard to have great records year after year. Something Kelvin said during a Zoom availability heading into this game is that the, the foundation of the program, it's laid in, in cement. It's not laid in sand, which is what he said. So that's a big credit to how Cougars have been able to establish consistent success year in and year out for the last few years. 
under Samson. Now we're winding things down. A big shout out to this Axinian family for being the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs and also our other sponsors, Hoop and Holler, H-O-U-N-I-L, and Star Pizza. Chris, I'll go over to you first. What final takeaways from Houston's 71-65 victory over UCF and something to look ahead for SMU? Thanks very much, Andy. Uh, final takeaways, the Cougs found a way to win. They got the ball into the mid post to their front court big and Jawan Roberts down the stretch and, and he delivered with assists and jump hook buckets. So that's good. Another layer to the offense. And I want to say Tremont Marcus said in post game that this team may have is developing five scoring threats on the floor. Yes. A team can't stop all five scoring options. <laughs> you know, I don't care who you are. So if you have five reliable scoring options, that gives you this, really maximum versatility. So that's good to see. And just wrapping it up, um, yep, I'll be headed downtown in a few minutes to see Quinn Grimes and Knicks go against the Rockets. So, and yes, Justin Singleton, there will be a Let's Talk Houston Rockets after tonight's Rockets game. So bring your thoughts and get, get things off your chest. So I look forward to that. But, uh, yep, Twitter, you see me there on VHR Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, HoustonRoundBarReview on YouTube. And I'm going to say this and let you guys, two, two guys, follow up. Fans, viewers, we are looking at planning on getting some merch for you guys in 2023. So if you are interested and think that's a good idea, let us know. So, yep, we're looking at doing that for Less Rage Cougs. And can I say it, Dayon, Andy, we got a shout out of good work from the number two Coug of Houston men's basketball after today's game mrs karen sampson said she watched the show and she enjoyed it so we are beaming from that compliment from mrs karen sampson absolutely the first lady of the houston Cougars men's basketball team down same same for you follow chris's comment there bro final takeaways from houston's win over ucf and where people can find you looking ahead towards smu First, thank you for Mrs. Sampson for tuning in, checking us out, and the amazing compliment. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. My overall takeaway from this game, it was indicative of Houston season so far. It can beat you in a plethora of ways, and with a, a lot of different players can have it going, and Houston can still beat you. Um, I don't think you can key on one player for Houston to Chris's point about having five different options in which Houston is so versatile, but defensively, they make it so hard to score and offensively, as long as they execute on any given day, any given player can beat them. And so I'm very, very happy for to see not only Tremont continue to develop, but also the team to continue to develop and kind of know their chemistry of who they are and kind of shine in their roles. And so very, very happy with this win. I think they learned a lot from the loss against Alabama. And what I saw today that made me think about that because when they fell behind, it was no panic. Although they had a big lead, they found a way to close out the game and get the W. And so a, a huge shout out to not only Coach Sampson, Mrs. Sampson, but of course, all the Cougs and the Cougs on the court are making it happen. Absolutely. Like we've mentioned throughout the entire show, it wouldn't be possible one with all the viewers that support us and, 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 
really comment on the show. It adds that layer of conversation, which is that's the vision for the show to be able to have that forum for Houston fans to not only react to the game, but be able to talk and something that they're not going to be able to do anywhere else. And of course, like Dayon and Chris said, big shout out to Mrs. Sanson, the first lady of the Houston Cougars men's basketball team, because that's that's just awesome right there. Like you can't you can't you can't even describe it. That's just pretty cool to one to get a shout out from them, but also know that that they support what you're doing. So that's pretty. It it, it helps us to continue going, and it and it really shows us that there's there's something special that we started this season with. Let's reach Cougs. But you can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Thank you guys again, Chris Dayon for joining me on New Year's Eve edition of Let's Rage Coops. The Coops will be back in action on Thursday, January 5th against SMU, 6 p.m. tip-off inside of the Vertita Center. So we'll be back, of course, for Let's Rage Coops the 1st of 2023 come Thursday. And, I mean, once again, the final score, Houston Cougars victorious over UCF 71-65, to like I mentioned at the top of the show. UConn also lost, so it'll be interesting to see how the new polls shake out when it comes to Monday. In regards to that aspect, the Cougars were already number one in the net before this game against UCF and before UConn had lost. So I'd imagine that they'll still stay at number one in the net rankings. But at the end of the day, like Chris, like you mentioned throughout, only rankings that matter. This has come the, the final one after April, the first week, the first Monday of April. So that'll be something to see. So we're still a long way. We're not even... Are we even halfway? I don't know if we're halfway, but we're, we're going to keep chugging along. There's no periods with this show either because we continue on with an upward on potentially even a pregame show as well. There's a lot of excitement in that aspect. Once again, from inside the Fertitta Center, this is Antionis. Dayan, I'll toss it over to you. Thanks so long in Houston's 71-65 victory. And as always, Dayan, close it out for us. Thanks for everyone who tuned in. Happy New Year to everyone. But you can't end the episode without saying, go Cougs, baby.